previously on Just Cow in the City. Hello and welcome me back. Just Cow in the City tonight on Fox. Yeah, that's like Randy Jackson the Jackson 5, right? Look, up in the sky, complaining about not getting his drinks in a proper manner. It's Just Cadam. What the hell's the matter with you? You can't mix beer, you dumb fuck. Shake your love. I just can't shake. Debbie, get out of here. I love complaining about a bad play. Debbie, it's me. This show sucks. Hot cha, just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. And welcome to Just Cow in the City, July 26, 2022 edition. I am Dave Just Cow, your host, and welcome to the program. Love to see everybody. And a beautiful Friday afternoon and a heat wave. Heat wave. Whenever I'm with you. Oh. I, 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 what I'm doing, I'm sorry about that, everybody. But I couldn't help it. Apparently, it's a heat wave. I wouldn't know. I don't walk around in the heat, so I don't know. It seems okay to me. Everybody says it's hot, it's hot, but when I go down to my office, down by the Staten Island Ferry and the Statue of Liberty, it's cool. It's quite comfortable. So I don't know what anybody's talking about, except yesterday I did experience it since I was walking around uh, trying to uh, hang out with uh, everybody's favorite person, Rhoda, Rhoda Reitman. But uh, here we are on this uh, day that it's beautiful to be inside with a little bit of air conditioning, but it is a nice sunny day. And again, as long as you're not outside, then everything is okay, right? I got to say, though, I got to say, I'm just going to talk about the weather for a second because every year, and we, I guess we talk about this twice a year, the fact that these... Now, I understand what's happening in London, ironically, in Ireland, right? I mean, it's so weird. I was just there. I know what's happening in London and Paris and all these places that are having heat they've never had before. I get that. That's different. But I swear to God... Sometimes I get so the media really is bad news. I think they're the cause of really I'm getting to be one of those theorists. It gets hot in July. People have heat waves. It's July. It gets to be 100 degrees. Sometimes there are certain days where there is no relief. That's going to happen three days in a row. That's going to happen Every fucking year since the beginning of time. Why everybody gets so uptight about it? Yeah, it's hot. It gets hot in July. We've been very fortunate, at least here in New York and on the East Coast, that it took until July 20th to be really hot. I mean, what the fuck is the matter with everybody? It gets hot in the summer. It gets cold in the winter as if everybody has forgotten how it works. My goodness, there is nothing different. And I'm not, I am not one of those people that says it's not global warming. There's definitely, you know, we know global warming makes it maybe a a degree hotter than it had ever been before. We also have to take into consideration that weather records weren't kept, you know, until the 1880s. 
So any of the thing this is the highest ever doesn't mean it's the highest ever. We also know for sure that our forefathers who built the brilliant Declaration of Independence and Constitution were suffering in a very, very big hot heat wave at the beginning of July in 1776. So we know heat happens in July. Everybody calm the fuck down. My God, I swear it's like, you know, I watch the news every morning and I'm just like, shut up. Yeah, it gets hot in the summertime. Oh, no. What? I mean, if it's 100 in May, then you're like, wow, that's that's news. And yet, is it? Sometimes it gets to be like this in a May or September. It just happens once in a while. It's not global warming. There, there's definitely global warming. That's a real thing. But it gets hot in July. I've never seen anything like it. People suck. The end. The end of my weather rant, although I may continue if I continue to see this nonsense. Meanwhile, like I said, in Europe, that's odd. Okay, that's a story. It's like every time I'm out in California, like, wow, it's hot today. And I'm like, it's always hot out here. It's fucking California, you pricks. But then it gets cool when the sun goes down. So shut up. And quite frankly, here again, what I noticed... It's cool in the shade. If it's cool in the shade, it's not a hot day. I went, I said the end, but I wasn't finished, I guess. All right, I got to relax. Let's start our story of the week, which quite frankly, you know, you wouldn't think could compare to what happened in Ireland, but there are some very exciting stories that happened this week. I actually went out every day this week after work. Well, I mean, Tuesday, I come home and do the show. But so Sunday, right? I'm sitting at home. I'm minding my own business. I'm working 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. at home. And on Thursday when I came back, I asked a couple of people to go out to dinner with me because I wanted to keep the party going, as you know, and I got pretty fucked up, and it was really fun. So I asked this girl to go out with me uh, Thursday, but she couldn't make it. And then I suggested, uh, hey, you know, what about this day? What about, this? What about Sunday? She never wrote back. Well, she didn't write back. She didn't put anything about it. So I'm sitting home on Sunday. I'm like, I'm planning. I already had dinner because I made dinner on Saturday. So I'm like, well, I'll just, what did I make? I made, oh, tacos. Yeah. Hey, taco night. So I was like, I'll have the rest of them on Sunday. And then this girl goes, are we still going out for dinner tonight? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And I know I didn't say yes. We didn't confirm it. And I'm like, uh, all right. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. As long as you don't mind, I can't leave. I can't get anywhere until about 830. I made a reservation at Joe Allen's. Because I don't know what's open late at night anymore, you know? And I'm like, what, am I in Ireland again? I gotta. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't want any trouble. I know Joe Allen's is at least open till like 10. And I know this girl lives around that area, like, you know, in the 40s or 50s on like, you know, Hell's Kitchen area. So I'm like, well, I'll go to her. So I go to Joe Allen's. I said, that's a pretty good place for uh, whatever this was. And we go out and we met there. And, of course, uh, she was a little late, which is fine. I'm always everywhere early, so that's not anybody's fault. It's all right. And, uh, you know, she's always like, oh, text me when you get there. Everybody says, text me when you get there. Text me. I'm like, I'm already here. Just always assume I'm already here now, nowadays. Before I was 40, you could never assume that. But nowadays, just always assume I'm inside. Nobody ever wants to look inside. They're so afraid to go inside by themselves. They, 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 they don't think you're in there. I'm already in there. I just wait for people. I don't text them and see where they are or anything. I let them show up on their own. See, I, I don't feel there has to be any more texting going on when we've made an, an agreed place to meet. 
at a certain time. Anyway, it's not, she, you know, she wasn't late. But I had a martini at the bar. And I'm like, you know, we can continue. And then I find out she doesn't drink. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, thank God I didn't go out with her on Thursday. I mean, I know she doesn't care if I drink, but I was hoping to drink with somebody. I mean, that's the reason why, you know, I asked her out. And, uh, you know, I know she's getting divorced. So I figure, hey, you know, hey, how are you? Well, we went out and uh, they, this Joe Allen's, their menu selection is not very good anymore. Maybe it never was. It's not a great place to eat. It's just kind of a fun place to eat in the sense of, I, I don't even know if it's fun, but it's, it's a pleasant place to eat or, you know, spend, it's a pleasant restaurant, but the food selection is not very good. Like I called Vincent that day and he goes, oh, whatever you do, don't have the chicken molinaise. And I'm like, oh, thank you. That's the only thing I was looking at because everything else looks stupid except for the steak. They used to have a meatloaf there, which I really liked. It's mostly comfort food there, which, again, is a very strange selection at this particular place, but it's supposed to be an after-theater place, but after COVID, everything is so fucked up, nobody knows what's going on. So we go, we both have the steaks, because I, I was glad she ate that, you know, and it was pretty good, you know, just quickly. The conversation was okay, but she wasn't drinking. I had a glass of wine. I was like, yeah, I'm like, you're not drinking. This is no fun. I like people to drink with me. I don't like drinking alone. I mean, I do like drinking alone, but those are the days I like drinking alone. If I ask somebody to go out, I'm hoping they're at least going to have a glass of wine. I mean, there are some days, like especially on Sundays, but now it's, since everything is different for me, since my Sundays are Fridays, I prefer to, uh, I, I usually were sober on Sundays and I'm like, nah, screw it. I like to, I'm going to drink from now on. But you got to have a, a glass of red wine with steak, right? But she's like, you know, whatever. What are you going to do? I mean, she's just stopped drinking. I, you know, now she's no fun. So uh, <laughs> I got to meet her when she's no fun. We had an okay time. It was an okay time. It wasn't the best time. But the meal was good. And then, uh, you know, the dessert thing comes around again. And you know how upset about this. And, uh, uh, you know, they're like, do you want anything else? She's like, no, nah, we're fine. And I'm like, I like to look at the dessert menu. That's all. You know, sometimes I like to look at the dessert menu. Sometimes I want to have a cup of coffee or something. She's like, no, nah, we're good. Well, of course, I mean, that could hurt her be saying, I, I got to get out of here. But I, I, I don't even think she, I don't even know what happened. I, I don't remember what happened. She wasn't, don't take it the wrong way. She was okay. I don't, I don't think she was in a rush to get out or anything. And I, maybe she didn't do that. I, I don't remember. That was a week ago. And I put it out of my head. That's how insignificant it was. I just wanted to tell you about it because it happened. And I walked out and she's, I'm like, can I walk you home? Nah, I'm good. So I guess maybe she was trying to rush me out. Who knows? I've heard from other friends after that. I think she had a good time, but who knows what's happening? I don't know. She's going through a rough time. I let it go. There was no problem. It was just okay. I didn't want to go out that night. So that was the issue. I didn't want to go out that night, but I went out that night anyway. And then I was kind of glad I went out because, you know, then I start my week, whatever that is anymore. Everything's so fucked up. I say, quote, my week. And I walked home and it was hot, but I took some pictures when I was in Rockefeller Center. I didn't take that many pictures this week, but I took some pictures while I was in Rockefeller Center because it was kind of interesting what they have going up when it's not Christmas or you know, winter or anything. So I took a couple of photos. I was in Times Square. It was goddamn packed again, you know, Sunday. I'm like, I can't get out of these crowds. You know, because it's just in Dublin where it was all crowded. In that Times Square area, I guess that's why I was thinking of it. Well, I do like walking home, but it was hot. And I, that was one of those days, right, I didn't know, I didn't know what to wear because I, I, I'm just not ready for the summer outfits. Now I'm better acclimated. 
So, you know, but I think I looked okay. I looked okay. I really didn't know what to wear. And I had just come back, you know, from Ireland. So a lot of the summer stuff I had was packed or whatever. And you know how it is when you get back for a trip or when you're going on a trip. It's confusing. Like when the cleaning lady comes, you should have seen what I wore to my mother's house yesterday. It was like I found the shirt that John Vitti had left. I'm like, well, I'll wear that and these stupid pants and the wrong underwear. <laughs> you know, laundry day is a very strange day. To, you know, you're hoping you don't catch a... Uh, a girl going out on a date uh, on her laundry day cycle. <laughs> well, maybe she bumped it up in the rotation. I'm doing the Seinfeld gag. I don't know why. It's in my head. I, like I said, it wasn't a bad time, but it, it certainly, you know, it, it, it cost a bit. But that's all right. Again, I was just like, I'm glad I went out on a Sunday. I usually would like to go out. I'd like to make it a ritual to go out on Sunday nights after I finish at a normal hour at 4 o'clock. You know, I like to, you know, I got I to gotta plan for the fall after football and stuff. But like I said, everything's so different now. I'm just not sure what to do. I'm not sure how to handle it. And obviously I got to go to, you know, I got to wake up at five 30 in the morning now. So everything has changed five 30 in the morning. That's insane. I know it's only three days a week, but still that's a lot. So my sleep patterns are all fucked up, but you know, I go down to work and I work by myself. I was able to read the paper the whole day. I mean, I had nothing to do. I mean, this job is technically beautiful when there's nothing going on. I would go to lunch at 1.30 because somebody's out. So, uh, you know, by the time I come back from lunch, it's time to leave. That's <laughs> fantastic. So Monday night, though, I was doing, I think I told you, I was planning on going to see a magic show. And I was very much looking forward to it. So the, the thing is this. My friend Vincent, who you all know about because was uh, Bobby Barbarino. And, uh, you know, he always mentions all that stuff with Yul Brenner or the sushi and all that guy. My friend Vincent. He has a friend from Australia who is now going to be our guest on the Billy Joel podcast. He's a comedian. His name is Joel Osborne, but he's Australian. And he used to work for years for the amazing Jonathan who just died. And he was a comic and part magician, I guess. I never liked The Amazing Jonathan. He wasn't for me. But a lot of other comics, I guess, did. And he was, you know, established when we were starting out. And now he's dead. But this guy, Joel Osborne, Vincent seemed to know for some reason. And he's terrific. And I just met him on Monday. And his wife was the one performing magic that day. And I was like, wait, a woman magician? I've never heard of such a thing. Well, you're talking heresy. It is scientific heresy that is being tried here. Well put, Dr. Zayas. And the funniest thing is, is that, well, I'll just tell you the, the thing. So, so the place where we're seeing the magic show is exactly, directly next door to the comedy cellar, if you can goddamn believe it. It's a, it's a theater space, like maybe it fits 150 people. I don't know what the name of the place is. But it's directly next door to the Comedy Cellar. And the Mondays is called Monday Night Magic. It's a great name. And every Monday night they have magicians from, I guess, around the world, I guess. So I left work at exactly four, took the scooter home, you know, really quickly, took a nap for an hour, got up, showered. Or maybe I didn't even shower because I showered in the morning. I was like, I don't want to shower. And it wasn't that hot for me. So I was like, I, I don't want to take a second shower. That's not what I want to do. But I, I got redressed and I went down to, yeah, I went down to the bar I hang out with next to the cellar so I could have a couple drinks before the show because I thought it was different. I didn't know it was like a theater space. 
I thought it was something where you just kind of, I don't know. I didn't know what it was, and I probably shouldn't have had. I think I had two quick scotch and sodas, and I had to jump dumb down. My stomach started hurting again. It was a disaster. But scotch and sodas, I, no, scotch and ginger ale. That's what it was. I thought the ginger ale would help, but I was just getting stressed out. And then we, you know, and my friend Vincent met me, and he, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I get there, I bust my ass to get down there. This guy, Vincent, he's such a fucking idiot. He's like, yeah, I'll meet, meet me at 7 o'clock. You know, the show starts at 8. He's like, good, meet me at 7 at the bar. We can have a couple drinks before we go. He's like, great. And then he and then he just texts while I, as soon as I parked the scooter down there, I took it back down there. He goes, yeah, I'll meet you in front of the theater at 740. I'm like, what What happened? To, what, the, what the fuck happened? Hanging? He's like, oh, I, I don't know what this guy's deal is. I'm not even talking to him right now. I'll tell you in a second. So he does come to the bar and we have a drink and he's like, oh, I like this place and whatever. And it was really nice. And of course, my favorite Lindsay was there. So she's a delight. And I uh, have a couple drinks. And then we go and we go, go into the cellar and I see Steve outside. And the best part is I'm on the opposite line where there's the line for everybody getting in the cellar. I'm on the line going the opposite way waiting for the show. For me, I thought it was hilarious. So all the comics that came out, I was like, hey, look at me. I'm online for the magic show. You know, <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. I saw Greg Rogel. I'm like, hey, check it out. I'm online for the magic show. You believe this? It was like the funniest thing. I'm sitting there annoying my my pal Steve, who you know works there, and he, he, he hates when everybody's online because it's ruining his business. And I'm the guy annoying him, but not on purpose. I can't help. They don't know this. This theater space doesn't know how to how to let people in the theater. We're sitting out there like idiots. It's way past eight o'clock. I don't know what the hell they're doing in there. They're completely disorganized. This organization, whatever they run, is a piece of shit. And I'll tell you why in a second. So we sit down, we go and we're meeting uh, my friend Joel. His wife is performing. My new friend Joel, who I just met, seemed like a great, he's tall and handsome. He's got that accent. Forget about it. He's great looking and a great guy. And he opens for Steve Byrne. Apparently he's friends with Steve Byrne. He opens for him all the time. So he's a comic too. I just never heard of him before. Great guy. And they have a couple of friends in town, like a mother and a daughter and a grandmother. Was that it? Was there anybody? No, I guess that was it. And me and Vincent and uh, and Joel, right? And they have the yeah this uh, granddaughter who I I don't know I I guess she was fourteen. I thought she was twenty two, but I guess she's fourteen. And <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll explain in a second. So we we go in. First of all, they're like, oh, you got to put your mask on. I'm like, you don't have to put your mask on. They're like, they're checking for vaccination cards. I'm like, they're not checking for vaccination cards. Nobody's checking for vaccination cards. I don't scramble to find them. I don't even, they're not checking for vaccination cards, I don't think. And then, like, you got to put your mask on. I'm like, you don't have to put your mask on. I looked it up online. They said, you can wear a mask. Masks are optional. It's very clear. So I don't know what the fuck the hold up with the line was. I walked right in. And I wasn't being a dick. I'm like, I don't know what they were doing there. I go in. Again, the seats are made for people from the 1700s who must have been thinner and shorter. Oh. These seats, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm squished in. It's hot. It's not cool in there. I feel like I'm back in Ireland again. But whatever, right? I'm ready for a good time. My stomach's not hurting yet. And the first, oh, the first magician is this MC, and he is a piece of shit. I'll try and get everybody's names. In case you see this guy, he's awful. He thinks he's a comic. He's not. And the reason why I'm saying he's a piece of shit is he invites, so, so, 
So he introduces the show and he does some magic. It's all right. Who cares? No one cares. And then my friend Joel's wife comes on. And remember, I'd never seen a female magician before. And it's so funny because she's dressed as as like a magic assistant, like an assistant would be, you know, really hot, wearing very scantily clad clothing. Like you would think if you're a magician, you'd wear a tuxedo or something. Be like, well, I don't want to look like a magician's assistant, but that's exactly what she looked like. I mean, she's ridiculously sexy. Why wouldn't she be? This guy's great looking. So apparently they just got married and she was pretty good. So it started off okay. You know, she had some showmanship and fun, but um, so she was okay. Just okay, but she was short and it was good and it was easy. You know, that's what we were there for. And and then we're like, why are we still here? So then the MC comes back on. And remember, the problem with magicians is they're always asking for volunteers from the fucking audience. So that slows up the show. I mean, you might as well be doing the gag from The Simpsons. Talk to the audience. Oh, this is always death. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always death. All right. So he invites, the MC invites this little girl who's like nine on stage. He's doing a trick with her. He's being a piece of shit. Like, I swear to God, I don't, I, I, this guy's so unlikable. And he's making balloon animals, and he keeps breaking them. It's a joke. And the girl's like, well, can I really have one? And you're like, "Ah, just give her the fucking balloon, asshole. Like, she, I don't know. She came from a foreign place. He's trying to make, he's making balloon. He's doing the balloon animals bit, and he's pissing everybody off. He was joking. He's like, get off the stage. She walks off the stage, and she falls right down. She doesn't use the stairs. She falls off the stage. And the crowd goes, oh, my God. Everybody starts going crazy. The girl is totally injured. I mean, she's an indestructible girl, so she's fine. But the you know the lights go up. The guy who's working there comes in. They bring her back up on stage. The MC does, and, and the girl sitting there, the fourteen-year-old girl in those fourteen, starts like almost throwing up in her mother's lap. Now I heard later she was sick. Or something. So I thought, I was like, wait, she's really getting this emotion? I mean, I got that emotion. That's when my stomach started to hurt. Because then I just wanted to leave, too. The show needed to stop. You just almost killed a nine-year-old girl. The magic is gone. You dumb fuck. Where did I find this guy's name? Was it TJ something? What a piece of shit. And he couldn't have been less compassionate about this girl falling off the stage. And so the audience just hated him. And he just continued on with his act. But seriously, this girl was okay. She was really great. But I was just like, me and Vincent were just looking at each other like, we are so done. This is a stupid show. So then the next magician comes out, and he's got no showmanship whatsoever. He's the worst. It is a horrible magic show. I, he said he's from the Ukraine, but I, I guarantee his act used to be he was from Russia, and now he's called it Ukraine. Because nobody wants to see a Russian anymore. So this guy sucks. He sucks. You can't hear a word he's saying. Again, he's bringing people back and forth. You're like, just wrap it up, jerk off. And then there's an intermission. An intermission. Ugh. So I'm like, listen, I'm going out. I'm going to the bar to go to the bathroom in case. Uh, not only do I want to pee, but I might have diarrhea. So I'm going to rush over to the bar. I go into the bar. And I see that they're like, how's the show? And I'm like, it's fucking awful. 
what was it? Lindsay told me that there's a girl in the bar that I hang out in the bar with. I've seen her a hundred times. She's crazy. She's an NYU professor and she's insane. And I'm dying, dying to audit one of her classes to watch her teach because she is just a drunk and a weirdo. But we certainly had teachers like that growing up. So she's probably able to put it together and probably very smart. But she told us she was raped by magicians and she doesn't like magicians. Now, when you say you've been raped by magicians, plural, well, I got to hear that fucking story. But I didn't have time to hear the story because I had to go back. It was fucking intermission. Now, when I get back to that bar, I'm going to hear that goddamn story. Let alone, I think she's marrying somebody for a green card, but it's a girl, but she's not gay. So this girl is a mess, and I got to hear more. I buy her drinks all the time, so I think that's the only thing that makes her happy. But I got to hear how she was raped by magicians, plural. (laughs) I mean, you can see like, oh, no, I was raped by a magician, which, again, hilarious. But then you're like, oh, no, I can see why you hate magicians. But magicians? Yes, on the end. I will report back the story. I will do the research. Trust me. I will get this story. So I use the bathroom and it smells like fucking BO in there. It's horrible. Somebody's got, I'm looking, I'm like, Jesus Christ. I was thinking about just staying here and letting it go, but I'm not going to go in here. In fact, I was going to invite my friends here after, but I'm like, I don't know whether I can at this fucking BO. Anyway, I go to the bathroom and I pee, but I don't have, I was like, thought about it. I'm like, I think I'll be okay. It's just stress and that girl falling off the stage and drinking those ginger ales really quickly because Vincent was rushing me for no reason because we had assigned seats, which I wasn't sure that was the case. I go back. The mother and daughter have left, and Vincent's leaving. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go out. I'm like, you always leave. And I said to Joel, I'm like, the guy always leaves. He's the worst person to bring to a play lately. He left while I was on stage, and he came to see me. I invited him as my plus one, and he left early. He's leaving this, which is technically disrespectful to you and your wife, even though we saw your wife, but I mean, Jesus, right? Because we we were supposed to have dinner with these two. That was the plan. We were going to have dinner with these two after. But it turns out they were going to have dinner with the other magicians. And I said, fuck that. And then I rethought it. I'm like, what am I, crazy? I do a fucking podcast. I got to have dinner with a bunch of magicians. But the thing that happened was the magicians were so bad. I said to Vincent, I'm like, we're not having dinner with these guys. These guys suck. If they were like really good magicians and interesting, we totally would have had dinner with the magicians. And you know I would have bought to you the goods. I would have had the photos and everything. But we were so done. But Vincent actually left. I'm like, I'm not leaving. And this is the guy that told me he left at the intermission from the girl from the North Country. The stupid Bob Dylan musical from last week I was yelling about. Meanwhile, while I was at the bar, this girl, Rebecca, told me, oh, my God, that's the worst show I've ever seen. So everybody's bonding on the horribleness of the girl from the North Country. The fact that it could be on Broadway, be nominated for anything, I have not heard one other varying review. And I'm talking about from Bob Dylan fans as well. Everyone's pissed. This is a shitty fucking show and needs to be stopped to besmirch the name of Bob Dylan and everything he's done in his lifetime. This is a goddamn embarrassment. And you people that like Bob Dylan need to start something and start it right now. Anywho. So Vincent leaves. So now it's just me, Joel, and the grandmother, 
and we just spread out, thank God, because it's each so we all have the what we used to call the homo seed. <laughs> Ray Romano coined it, actually, in between us, which is good at least. And then they bring on the last guy who was okay. He's this old man. He was okay. And he bought all these kids. Oh, my God. He keeps bringing people on. And going. I'm like, just shut up and do your show. Oh, fucking hey, everyone sucks. I mean, there's goodness to it, but it's like sometimes these magicians, they think they're so funny and they just talk and talk until they do the trick. And sometimes you just want to see tricks. Just do it already. The talking, especially when they think they're funny. That's the worst. So this show was the pitch. I can't believe there was no reason to stay. I mean, Vincent made the right call. Every time. Well, except when he left when I was on stage. But then, of course, you could make a case for that, too. I mean, I'm sitting there with Sarah Silverman and Rick Crome on stage and he leaves. You know, I mean, what, 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 what more are you looking for? Then we leave and I wait. No, I wait. I wait with Joel to for his wife, uh, Erica, I think her name is, to come out and, you know, say hello. And she's just a bitch the entire time. Uh, now I have been told, and I, I think like even Joel's like, nah, she came around. Like, she was clearly stressed about a bunch of stuff. It's not her fault. I guarantee, if I meet her again, things will be different. But she was a bitch. She came out and she was taking pictures with the guys, and then we had all of her equipment, like two huge, heavy. That's the problem with being a magician. You're carrying trunks. I mean, at least this day and age, they have my wheels. So I said, Joel, I'll help you. Wherever you're bringing this, they're bringing it to a car. And they're going out to eat. And I said, Joel, come on. Come. So it turns out the car is by where the bar I hang out. So we went past there. I'm like, well, come in here. I'll introduce you to everybody. And I'm like, why don't you guys just come in here for a drink? And then you can go meet those guys. Like, I don't know. And he had to do his husband duties. So I helped them bring the stuff onto the street and helped them roll it to uh, the car. And she was just really being a bitch. There's just no other way to put it. And it was funny because, oh, so she was still dressed in her outfit, right? And she's like, and he's like, well, you're going to wear that? And it looked fine if you're going out in New York City. She just looks like a hot girl. And uh, then she's like, no, I'm going to change. And so she changes, and it's, <laughs> like, just as sexy. You know, it's like there was no reason to change, technically. She's wearing something that completely just shows off her unbelievable body, which is unbelievable. <laughs> but it was just fun. And I said, that's what you changed into? It's like the exact same thing. All right, maybe she took offense then. Who knows? I, I don't think it was her day. Again, I, I because this guy is so lovely, I, I get, and he even wrote like, "Ah, eh, she came like so, so something was wrong. She was not like friendly to me or or anybody. I, you know, I think she, you know, listen when you after you come off a show and maybe it went bad, maybe went, who knows? People are different. You meet them in a different time. Everything's all right. But her show was really. I, I'll tell you something. I would use her one time. She has one great bit that's really, really terrific. In fact, I guess I could, I guess I could tell you because I wouldn't tell you how the trick is done. She. She invites a guy on stage, which is annoying. So that's what they do. And she's going to pick a number from one through five. The guy picks four and opens it up and says hugs. So she goes, oh, can I give you a hug? And she's like, yeah. And she pulls up a, a knife while she's hugging the guy. Only the audience sees. The guy doesn't see it. And then she has the what the other cards say. Uh, the other, if he hadn't picked four, they say stab. And so there's four cards that say stab. And that that was the best part of the night. That gag was hilarious. 
So that was really good. But anyway, I bring him into the bar. I introduce him to everybody, and thank God the smell went away, so I didn't have to say anything because I was gonna—I was not gonna bring him in if it fucking smelled like bo. And, and he was so nice, and I introduced him to everybody. He's like, "I gotta—I gotta go." There, she's like calling me, like, "Where are you?" She's getting upset. I found out later they went to the Washington Square Diner. I'm like, that's where you went for dinner? I couldn't be more happier that I didn't go. First of all, that diner sucks. It's way too small for your build because he's really tall. So he's basically, he probably hates America because now he's come to the, like where the theaters are small, the diner is small. He just went to the wrong places. But I mean, he's been here multiple times. I'm just saying it just, he happened to go to the places where they weren't made for people who live in 2020. And uh, live on fast food. <laughs> so he's like, I got to go. I, you know, what am I? I'm like, I understand. It's too bad. Because we were like, oh, I wish we could hang out. Because we were, we were building a, a, a relationship. Because we really liked each other. You know, like, I mean, he's a very likable guy. And, uh, you know, I'm a lot of fun. Uh, if you meet me, uh, for, you know, sometimes it takes some getting used to. But we already had the in because we both like Vincent. So, you know, then I appear to be okay. You know, if you first meet me, like his wife did, she's, you know, if we become friends after all these years, she'll probably be like, oh, God, I hated you the first time I met you. You made that awful comment. You know, but I wear people down. <laughs> but anyway, it was said we were making a little bromance. It was broken up by this whore of a wife. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, listen, she was, she was probably like, where are you? I'm hanging out with these assholes. And she was probably miserable hanging out with these idiots. And then he left. And then I'm at the bar and I said, what was up with that B.O. smell? And they're like, oh, you smelt it too. I'm like, I was, I was going to invite them in. I'm like, I'm not inviting them in with this. They're like, well, we found out it was these guys in the back, right by the bathrooms, and they were wearing silk shirts, and they just, and they were horrible. And I asked them to leave, like, because they stunk. And I'm like, you did? It's like, well, I, they were almost finished anyway. But I'm like, oh my god. And what they say, they only had one drink, and they were just all sweaty. I mean, oh my god, there's nothing worse than bo. And I was like, looking at everybody at the bar, who smells? Somebody stinks. Yeah, I was not going to be able to be. and Because as soon as I walked in, I could smell incense. So she lit like something or sprayed something. It wasn't just me who noticed it. It was awful. And I can't believe that didn't. That made my stomach even more sick before I went in. But I was able to. I was perfectly fine. <laughs> and then I just hung out at the bar. And I'm telling you, I had the best time. But, you know, it's always like, you know, it's, it's just like, come on, shots on the house. And I'm like, yeah. Woo! And then, of course, you know, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I got to wake up at 530 in the morning. Oh, it's always a bummer. Monday nights are always my favorite. What a bummer, but still okay, right? I mean, I got home. I got home at two because I was trying to, again, I was walking a little bit. I got to walk it off a little bit. And I was looking for a city bike. I'm looking for electric city, but no electric city bikes. I'm looking. There's nothing. I take one. Of course, it doesn't work. I'm like, Ugh, I need this at this hour. I'll walk a little bit. And I finally, I must, did I find one or did I end up taking a car? I can't remember whether I found one or not, but I, I know I got home at two in the morning. I looked at the clock. I'm like, geez, two in the morning. I got to wake up in three and a half hours. You got to be kidding me again, you know? Three and a half hours. But like I said, I took the nap. So it's just, I don't, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I woke up, I was still drunk. I could feel, I was still drunk, but I made it to work. No issues. I'm telling, you know, and I took a picture. It's fucking beautiful now where I work in the morning when nobody's around. There's too many joggers, but other than that, 
it's so beautiful on the water there by the Statue of Liberty. I, I called my sister on Wednesday and I video chatted because I'm like, you got to see it, but you can't really get thing. And it's and it's ple- the weather's even pleasant. I mean, like, because it's, it's going to be horrible in the winter because it's going to be, it's definitely ten degrees colder down there than it is maybe not where I live because I live in the water too, but like you know further in Manhattan. But it sure is. It, it's a very pleasant place. And I'll tell you, I left exactly at 7 a.m. And I was walking out of the subway at 7.31, 7.32. So even walking to the subway, taking the subway, boy, it only takes me exactly a half hour to get to work from door to door. Now, that's pretty impressive because that, that downtown is very far. But then, So then I usually have 20. I don't want to go inside until 7.50. So I always walk around. I walk around this park. I walk around the water. It's 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 a very pleasant way to start the day. I have to you know in, in this horrible work that I have to do in the in the fact of working at a job like this. Where I've told you many times, it's a very pleasant job, but rather not be doing it. Of course, nobody wants to work, but what are you going to do? It's a very pleasant way to start the day down in that neighborhood. Taking a little walk because if I ever got, that's why I was always late to my old office. You couldn't do that. I'm not going to walk around Fifth Avenue. It's horrible. It's full of people and everything. This is a very pleasant early morning experience. You know, before eight o'clock, before it becomes really touristy and everything. So I, I always try and grab pictures. But it's funny, you know. We take. I was talking to my coworker. We're like, we always try to take pictures of the Statue of Liberty. And everybody thinks we're much further away. For some reason, the camera cannot capture how close we are to the Statue of Liberty. I, I can't get it right. The only thing I can think of is maybe making a video, but I'm telling you, it looks like we're so far away, the perception doesn't work properly. So I don't know how to capture it. But I, I love, I, I, I don't know what it is. I love looking at that Statue of Liberty every morning. It really makes me happy. I, I don't know what it is. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's it makes me cry. Think of the old country. I don't know. There's something. It's it's like such a symbol, such a beautiful symbol of the way America was this place. And now it's such a mess. But it's like that statue gives me hope that everything can work out. It's such a meaningful statue. It's amazing. I've lived here for years. I know everything about the Statue of Liberty. I mean, we all know about it. But when you see it live... There is something, something really special about it. And I say to myself every day, I mean, I've been doing this job for over a month. I'm like, boy, I can't believe I live here. Not just in New York, but in America. I don't know what it is. Isn't that fascinating? I get excited about it every day. So then, you know, I, again, I took the scooter home, went, did the show, everything. And then Wednesday. The next stop is 34th Street, Penn Station was the big Billy Joel night. So now, you know, I'm going on no sleep. I'm hoping to get, I think, I, I think on Tuesday after the show, I went to bed. You know, the show goes from 6 to 7, the YouTube show, Comedy Seller Nightly Show. I think at 8.30, I went to bed. And I slept pretty much till 5.30. I mean, I woke up around midnight, but I, I said, I'm not waking up, I'm staying in bed. I'm going to work this out. Even as depressing as it is to go to bed at 8.30. Because I need the rest. So I, I was totally well-rested, for Billy Joel, which was the night. I go to work, and I'm like, you know, I, I catch the, st- the scooter. And I'll tell you again, me and, uh, the, you know, this girl, Chloe, we hang out, we have lunch every day, and we went out. It was one of those heat wave days, but it was very pleasant outside. It was weird. We were walking around the water during lunch. 
And it, it, it just isn't hot down there. Everybody was complaining. I'm like, what are they complaining about? I don't know what's happening. Where's the heat wave? What's going on? Hey. I was looking for, there was no scooter on Wednesday. I'm like, damn it. But as we know now that it only takes a half hour to go to door to door, well, what's the difference? So the subway's fine. It's just not as fun. It's not as exciting as driving that scooter home and parking it right in front of the house and then walking in, you know? But still, it seconds difference, maybe a couple of minutes. And I wanted to come home. I took a nap really quick because the plan was to meet at Mustang Harry's with Alon, uh, Steve Mandel, who we had our guest on the M's, and this other guy, Jake, our new friend. I said, let's meet at Mustang Harry's, which is right near Penn Station, to pregame. That's the way I worded it. Pregame. I, I was planning on drinking and getting pretty high. That was my plan. It's a, it's a goddamn concert. I don't care whether it's technically work because I do a Billy Joel show. I'm, I'm going to get wasted. I'm going to have a good time. And it's my Friday night. So I'm like, yeah, put all those things together. That's what I'm going to do. The question is, like on Monday, what am I going to drink so I don't have to go to the bathroom? So I get there and it's cracked. It. Now, now, so you know, next week on Billy Joel A to Z, Alan and I talk about this exact experience that we had. We decided to do a whole podcast on our experience at the residency. So we talk about it all the time. We finally went, broke down the song list, felt we had to. Makes sense. Even if it just seems like we're just never getting to any songs. But, you know, whatever. We feel like our listeners will like it. So you can hear most of this on the uh, Billy Joel A to Z uh, podcast next week. The place is packed because it's full of Billy people going to the garden. You know, so if you ever want to get a reservation on Mustang Harry's, which ain't that great, or, or, or a table or get a drink, you know, make sure you get there at 8 o'clock at night. It just piles out. And they make all their money from like 5 to 8 and then like 10 to 12, you know, when everybody comes back. So we're in there and I said, I'm just going to drink Jameson. I'm going to do Jameson today instead of scotch, whatever. I had my first Jameson. I'm like, this sucks without a beer chaser. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to, Elon was drinking beer. Uh, you know, beer's just always, I know I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. But I'm like, no, nah, I, I, I want to have beer. I want to have beer. Beer is great. I love beer. So I had two beers and two Jamesons and then got high. It was fantastic. And Alan had made cards that we were trying to give out. People like Billy Joel Podcast, Billy Joel Podcast with a QR code. He really put it together nice. So you can scan it and then go right to our podcast. It was really cool. And then we went to the show and it was good. Now, I thought this will not be on the show, but I, I, I thought it was possible that Steve Mandel working at the night show got the tickets from Mark Rivera and maybe we were going to not just have the greatest seats ever, but maybe we were going to meet the band, maybe not Billy Joel, but maybe go backstage. None of that happened. I even told the people at work, I don't know. So it's a little disappointing, but I'm not disappointed because I still had a great time. But then I found out Steve just got the tickets to the box office. Like he told me when we walked in, he goes, well, this is where I, I said, how did you know how to go? Because there's a bunch of construction. He goes, well, this is where I picked up the tickets. He actually went to the box office because, you know, when you go to the box office, you ever... If any of you guys need Broadway tickets, I, well, with my old job, I used to be able to easily go get them for you. I'll get them for you. You pay me back. And I save you like 50 to to $100 on processing fees, you know, the internet fees or whatever. When you pick the tickets up at the box office, you save so much money. So he got his four tickets. But then he told us, 
oh, just so you know, you know, we're not sitting together. You guys are sitting this, and we'll sit. I'm like, you didn't get four tickets together? He goes, this will have to left. So then I knew, oh, it's probably not going to be, unless he's teasing us, And that's, but that wasn't the case. But we were able to sit together because we had the middle and the end row, and the people that were in the chairs in the middle were like, would you have a problem sitting at the on the aisle? Of course, if you do, we don't mind. And they were like, no, we'd love to sit in the aisle. So we gave them the aisle seat. We were all able to sit together. And we had pretty, I mean, there were good seats there in the 100s, you know, and we can never thank them enough for doing that. I I guess in the back of my mind, I'm just like, well, he works for Tonight Show. We're going to, oh, this is going to be unbelievable. I mean, still an awesome time and awesome gesture that did that. And they wouldn't let us pay for anything. They didn't let us pay for that. I put my credit card back to pay for the drinks. So I figured we'll get them drinks. Come on, let us buy you drinks. I said, let us buy you drinks. And like, no, 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 we're paying for everything. And they paid for everything. It was unbelievable. They would not let us pay for anything. It was really, really unbelievable. And this guy, Jake, who we hadn't met before, great guy, just a big fan of the podcast. So he was like, come on, let's hook these guys up. And it was really, really nice. And we were having a great time. We got there. We all got like big 24-ounce cans of beer, keep the party going. And it was great. It was, I mean, obviously it was like super fun. But as I say on the show, I wish... Uh, you know, Billy should have a person that's not a yes man and just be like, hey, sit in the audience and tell me which songs resonate with the audience and which ones don't. Because I have ones that say, I don't think he, this one doesn't seem to work anymore, like Allentown. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm watching the crowd, and they're not into it. Now, I love Allentown for the rest of my life. I love Allentown. I'm just saying it doesn't work as, as well as the other songs where people are going crazy, like I'm moving out, which is... You're sitting there, and people are singing the lines. But what are they singing? Working Mr. Cacciatore's down on Sullivan Street, across from the medical center, and you see 20,000 people singing those ridiculous lyrics, which are ridiculous at a rock and roll event. But, you know, we know they're not ridiculous. It's what makes the song good. But when you hear people singing those lines, you know you've got them, <laughs> you know? Everybody's across from the medical center. You know, <laughs> I mean, it seems ridiculous. If uh, somebody came from another planet, they're like, "What the hell is this?" Oh, it's Billy Joel. You don't know him? Oh, he just writes about New York City and these places all the time. It's like, well, it sounds stupid. What happened? Like, what's happening, baby? Love to love you, baby. What about those lyrics? Baby, when you call me, I don't. I just uh, he works at Sergeant O'Leary is walking the beat. At night, he becomes a bartender. He works at Mr. Kitchatori. <laughs> sounds so stupid if it's out of context. <laughs> Wait, what song is that? No, it's a classic. It is? So that's, And it certainly wasn't a complaint. I didn't care. We were having a great time. We went to the bathroom in the middle. Again, you could hear this if you listen to Billy Joel. We went to the bathroom during... Uh, What's the one I hate? Um, oh, that last song off Innocent Man. Um shit i don't know one of the ones i hate we alan said it first he goes hey i'm gonna go to the bathroom I'm like oh my god great if you're going i'm going then i won't feel bad because i was planning on not going and i didn't feel like i i could have made it but i'm like as long as you're going i can't wait to get up and i hate this song so uh we went to the bathroom and we missed down easter alexa but it was hilarious because we could hear it in the bathroom and then we got back just in time for a room of their own which is a deep cut from the nylon curtain so it was kind of exciting like he's playing a room of our own and I don't want to reiterate this because we all, this will be on the podcast, but I'm just, 
saying, because these guys, Steve Mandel, he's such a genius. He goes, yeah, I go to the, he told us this at the bar. I go to the bathroom during uh, the middle of the night song. You mean the River of Dreams? Yeah. And he went to the bathroom there. Boy, does he know his stuff. He didn't miss nothing. He hates the River of Dreams. Then they actually played Heat Wave, because there was a Heat Wave. And then they do some Italian song, the opera song. And the guy came back just in time for scenes from an Italian restaurant. I mean, that guy couldn't have timed a bathroom break more perfectly than that song. And we bought, when we, Lana and I came out, we bought more beers for everybody, for the whole row. Hey, you're all right. That's what I say when we go into the bathroom. Hey, boys, how are you? But it was great. So then at the end, Elon's trying to give out cards. And I saw this girl walking, and she was cute. And I was like, oh, we have a card. And she's like, what's going on? And we ended up hanging out with her for the rest of the night. Like, she was by herself. She was from Canada. She was really cool. She had had as much beer as we did because she kept the cups. She's like, well, this is one for my mother. This is one for my sister. They couldn't be here. They love Billy. We took her back to Mustang Harry's where we had more beer. And I ate some chicken wings. And, of course, not chicken wings, uh, chicken uh, bites, you know, so I didn't have to pick them up with my hands. And I ordered deviled eggs, and they never bought those. So, you know, I mean, what the fuck? But Steve paid for everything again, so I just let it all go. They certainly didn't need the deviled eggs. I guess I, just, I don't know why I wanted to try it. I, just never, I know they're going to make me sick, but I knew I was going home, so I really didn't care. But anyway, this girl, Andy, was hanging out with us. But it was funny because the whole night was a John Hughes movie for me because we were hanging out with Jake. So I could say, Jake, Jake Jake's my boy. Jake's my boy. You like Jake? J- Jake's my boy. I just talked to Jake in the gym. He asked me about you. Jake, I don't mind telling you that um, if all you want for the piece of girl, the girl's piece of ass, um, either me or I will get somebody bigger than me to kick your ass. Jake's my boy. And then the girl we met was named Andy. So I was like, Andy, the truth of the matter is I, I asked somebody about a month ago and I forgot. Andy! That's from Pretty in Pink. Just say it. What? Just say it. A month ago, I asked somebody else and I forgot. You're a liar! Andy! So I was hanging out with my two favorite characters from John Hughes movies as well. What a great night for me. Andy! Andy! (laughs) Oh, but she was really cute and I walked her home. She was staying at a hotel and it was like on the way. I walked her home. We exchanged numbers. Perhaps we'll see each other again. Um, but yeah, it was great. I mean, we've, I mean, we, who are you going to meet at a Billy Joel show? That's not, that's not a lot of fun and cool. You know, you bond people at the show. It's not like uh, meeting somebody at the Tool concert. I don't know if you wanted to join you for dinner. Which was very nice. And we had a lovely evening and I was really drunk. And then the next day, my cleaning lady was coming early and I had to go see my mother. So once again, I was already still drunk when I woke up. But I, what I did is I took everything slow. I think I woke up at 8, started doing things at 9, and I just took everything slow. You know, put my laundry away, stripping the bed, cleaning up, moving the garbage stuff. I was just taking everything slow. I was just walking around slow. Let's take it slow. What are we doing? Just relax. What's the difference if she comes cleanly and sees me doing all this? No big deal. I like seeing her for about 15 minutes, then I got to go. But this time I had a deadline because my mother had an appointment with the neurologist trying to get her because, you know, she hasn't been the same since she fell. So we wanted to get checked out. So we went to this guy. They were extremely rude at the place. Oh, I'm going down there, right? I'm like, I'll tell you what. It was, it was really hot. So I say, hey, why don't I, I called her. I said, why don't I pick you up at the front gate because my car is all air conditioned 
and we'll go to the Chinese place with the fountain soda. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to do it? It's right on the way to the doctor's office. Yeah, I don't want to do it. Well, they're, they're putting out chairs that we can sit outside. And I'm like, have you lost your fucking mind? You want me to bring an 88-year-old woman to 100-degree weather? Are you crazy? And you know, I don't like it. So then she's like, well, I don't want to eat. And I'm like, well, I do. <laughs> so anyway, I just got Wendy's and I went back and I ran on my tongue. I hit the spot. It was fucking delicious. <laughs> and then I drove her to the neurologist and they were this woman at the desk, was, as they a lot of times are in the doctor's office, they were very rude. Very rude. Talking on the phone like, excuse me, sir. Like, to, to that, like she's hassled that I'm at the window. And you know my theory. I'm like, no. You treat the people that are there alive better than you treat... Why are the phone customers getting better treatment than the people who are actually at the office? That shouldn't be the way. And I was going to say something to the doctor, but the doctor was just as rude. He was having none of anything while we were... I went in with my mother, but then he lightened up towards the end. We were in there for like 45 minutes because he ran a bunch of tests. All right, Rhoda, I'm going to give you three words. I want you to say them back to me. Let's see if I can remember the words. It was... uh, Ah, uh, crap. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting dementia. <laughs> Shit. Uh, nickel was the middle and sneaker was the last. I just can't remember the first one. And he said three words and then he asked them again later and she could barely remember them, but then neither could I. So I'm like, what kind of test are these? He's like, do you know what day it is? And, and quite frankly, she's like, do you know what day of the week it is? And she's like, uh, well, I know David's here, so it's Thursday. <laughs> but, you know, and, and the day of the week, let alone it was the 21st, the only reason I knew it was the 21st is because now I work in a job again. When I wasn't working, I had no idea what day it was. I see it, you know, when you're working, you're always dating stuff. So then you know exactly what day. But when you don't work, you don't know what day it is. You don't even know what day of the week it is. Why? So that that's a horrible test. But, you know, it all comes together. I guess the guy figures it out, you know. I gave her all this stuff to do. And then we, uh, when we went home, He's like, I want you to take off some of this dosage. You can split your pills in half until you get this other prescription. And I said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll stop at the Walgreens. I'll get a pill splitter. And she goes, you know how to use that? I'm like, do I? <laughs> so I bought this pill splitter. And then we, we were at her house. And it really looked like we were like either working in a pharmacy or a drug den where she was like putting her pills in the thing. And I was splitting them up and putting them in. So it looked like we were up to something suspicious if anybody walked in. The only thing that would have been different if we were in our underwear doing it, it would have looked even funnier. A little Walter White action, even though I've never seen Breaking Bad, but I know how cooking up meth works. So that was kind of hilarious. But then um, all I was looking forward to doing was having my Taco Bell on Thursday because I knew next week I'm going to the beach. I don't mind telling you, next week I'm going to the beach. Next week I'm going to go to the cabana and then I'm going to go to dinner with my friends. Sweet Lou and Victoria. I'm very excited about him. So I was, I was like, all right, I'm going to finally go to Taco Bell. I haven't been there in a couple of, I haven't been there in a month. And you know what? I'm going to get two Mexican pizzas. Fuck this shit. Fuck this pussyfooting around. Even though I had two last time, I said it's too much. I'm getting two because it's goddamn delicious. Well, I walk in there and I, I usually use the kiosk, I think it's called. And I go over, and I'm like, uh, well, well, the Mexican pizza's not on there. What's going on? And I see the Mexican pizza on the board. And he's like, oh, we're sold out. And I'm like, what do you mean you're sold out? And then he points up. And not only is there a sold out sign, 
As I know, Marcy, I know, Marcy, you sent me that it sold out, but I just didn't think it, that was a month ago you sent that, three weeks ago. But this is a sign that's like on there in plexiglass, you know, like it was made in a factory that, you know, it's got the prices, the pictures, and then the sold out as part of it. It's not just pasted over by an employee. It's as if we're sold out and we're going to be sold out forever. And I was, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, they just couldn't keep up with the demand. And I'm like, well, I know that was happening in another place. Why this place? And why would it be so, you know, engraved in there? He's like, yeah, I don't know. They just couldn't. Keep. I'm like, what? What do you mean they couldn't keep up with the demand? I mean, the kid was pretty nice. He, you know, he was kind of laughing because why would an old man get so upset about a Mexican beach? But I'm like, where's the issue? I. I'm looking at all the ingredients behind you. It's what's the ingredient that's holding up the Mexican pizza? What are we missing? And immediately, and I said, well, I don't want anything. Then he's like, I totally understand. We're getting this a lot. And I'm like, yeah, you suck, but not you particularly. You understand what I'm saying? He goes, no, I totally understand. I walk out. I call my nephew and I'm like, have you heard? He's like the Mexican pizza. I'm like, yeah. So he already knew. And he goes, well, I heard it might have to do with the boxes because there's such strange boxes that they, they couldn't keep up with that demand. Some Somebody in the supply chain couldn't keep up with the demand of the stupid Mexican pizza, which for some reason is the most delicious item. And if there is such a high demand, why was it ever taken off the menu? If they treat this one like the McRib sandwich, I'm going to be really pissed off. And uh, my nephew told me maybe it's coming back in September. And I'm like, why do you tease people like this? The only thing I look forward to going to my mom's is that at least Thursday it's Taco Bell night. Jesus. So I'm like, now what do I do? Should I go to the pizza place? I'm not in the mood for pizza. I'm not in the mood for pizza. I don't want to go to the pizza place. I don't want China. I don't want anything. I mean, I ate Wendy's earlier, so the <laughs> was thinking light. I'm like, well, I'll just have two Mexican pizza and a taco. You <laughs> know, like that's that's the way I think. Again, like a 12-year-old boy. Uh, well, that's not heavy. you know, that's not, I'm not having like a burrito. I'm like, what am I going to have? What am I going to have? And then it occurred to me because I, I left it on my microwave. I'm going to have Domino's. Because I, I told you I didn't want pizza. I'm going to have Domino's. And they had like a, a discount coupon. Coupon. I went to the thing and it was a real pain in the ass. Because you got to like log in and all this kind of stuff. That I was like, oh, you changed your password. I'm like, you've had, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know. These fucking idiots. Like half of the deals were for carry out only, carry out only in Manhattan. Shut up. I ordered a pizza and I got a regular pizza, not the thin crust. I'm like, you know what? This is going to hit the spot. This is going to work. It's not a Mexican pizza, but it's a pizza. And when I came home, I talked to the doorman. I was ranting about the Mexican pizza. I was going crazy. He thinks it's the funniest thing, which it is. There's nothing funnier than ranting about a Mexican pizza shortage in America. Nothing funny. Nothing funnier. I mean, there are funnier things like getting raped by musician, magi- magicians. Everybody gets raped by musicians, so that's not funny at all. But magicians, it's very rare to get raped by a magician. So to get raped by two or more, now that's a story. I'm sorry, I was just thinking of something funny with the abortion laws. If uh, you know, if the, Can you make a baby disappear? <laughs> all right, <clears throat> anyway. So I ordered the Domino's pizza, and of course, it's, it's fantastic because it's there in 20 minutes. My doorman calls, and he goes, your Mexican pizza's here. And I'm like, why you little? <laughs> Which was really funny. And it came, and it was hot, and it was beautiful, and it looked beautiful. I took a picture of it, and it was delicious. 
It was fantastic. Now, don't get angry again. We've had this conversation. I know I live in New York City. I am not considering that pizza I ordered from Domino's. If I wanted pizza, I would have gone to the other place called Best Pizza. <laughs> I just wasn't in the mood for pizza. So that's why I had Domino's. Do you understand? It was so good. I don't know why it was so delicious. I just had a regular pizza. I didn't order anything else. I was like, no, no, no. We don't want to spend that much money. Starting with the wings or the chicken bites or the other nonsense. I just said, I'm just getting this pizza. I want it to be cost effective. I don't I want it to be as much as I was going to spend at Taco Bell, like about 20 bucks with the delivery and the tip and the discount, about $20, a medium-sized pizza. It was great. It was really good. And I finished, you know, because I think I ordered from this place, Panda Express, the other day. Because one day, I guess I was really high and it totally hit the spot. And this last time, it did not hit the spot. And I'm like, I ordered wrong. Well, this time I ordered right. It really hit the spot. It was great. And then I think I fell asleep for a while. And then I went to bed. Oh, no, I took a shower because, you know, my sheets were all nice. And I was like, I'm never going to take that shower. I'm never going to take that shower. But I did. And I really wanted to sleep late, but I couldn't do it because now I'm used to getting up early. And then I went back to bed. Because it's my weekend. Woo-hoo. Although Alana and I had to record the podcast. I mean, well, what are we going to do? What, are we not going to talk about going to the Billy Joel concert at MSG? Come on. Meanwhile, I think the guy needs to finish off. You know, maybe December is his last concert. Hey, you know, retool. Come about five years, come back. You know, maybe uh, make some new selections. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. So when you're in the midst of a Billy Joel podcast. Well, hopefully we'll get four more listeners from our cards. He made 500 cards. Now I take them with me wherever I go, just in case. They really are brilliant. I got to say, Alon really put some really excellent effort into it. If you scan the code, you get the pockets like where every, where all of it, any any platform. You scroll on the bottom. I'm making the thing with my finger to do it. but Oh, I know what it was. Oh, yeah. I asked two girls out to dinner tonight, uh, being Friday, because it's my Friday night. I like to go out. And the only texts that I received were from Muhammad, from Domino's. Every time I kept getting a text, I'm just like, oh, maybe somebody answered back. And the, no, just Muhammad says he's on the way. And I'm like, well, that's, that's kind of hilarious. I'm expecting texts like, you know, either I can't make it or I'd love to. And it's just text, which, of course, it would be. If you're waiting for texts and you're getting a little sad that nobody's texting you back, what could be better than a text saying, the next text being, you know, really, that's a TikTok. Hey, would you like to go out? This is You're just seeing this on the screen. Would you like to go out Friday night? And then you see the times, no, no response. And then you, know, you, you hit a question mark, no response. Then you text somebody else, a different name, no response. And then the next thing is, Muhammad is here with your pizza. <laughs> Perfect for any sad sack movie that's ever going to be made, especially about Dave Jusko. And his Mexican pizza. Oh, have you heard any good news today? Today, I want to hear what you have to say. So let's see what's in the news today. Uh, what's in the news today? Just a couple more things before we go that I had uh, torn out of the paper. I think last week that I was so focused on wanting to discuss. I knew I wasn't going to do it last week when after the Ireland talk, and we had almost talked for two hours. Just very quickly, the governor here, Governor Holkel, the one that took over for 
Cuomo. Nobody really cares for her, but I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with her or whatever. But the Post hates her so much. All they're doing, and I've t- talked about this before, is complaining because gas prices are up about the flights that she's made in her private aircraft from August 2021 to March. And they're just saying she's making all these trips. I'm like, how is this a news story? And what's the big deal if the governor is flying around New York State on her plane? I don't understand where the issue is. So what? They're like, oh, she doesn't really need to go. I'm like, let her go wherever she wants as long as it's in New York State. And Yeah, we're paying for it. That's what we pay for. So what? We pay for her private jets. The fucking governor. That's what you get. That is the perks of becoming the president or governor. You, you get a plane and you get to travel around on our dime. I don't understand how that's news. Aircats, 100% taxpayer-funded flights. Who the fuck cares? You think that's going to bother me, that she takes flights so she can come to New York City, so she can go to Albany? Who the fuck gives a shit? That's her job. The Post. I mean, you know the Post. I like to make fun of the Post, but then I like the Post because it always has hot girl pictures. Meanwhile, today in the Post, they were talking about the book that's coming out. One of Prince Harry's friends wrote a book about what a complete asshole Meghan Markle is, and it's fantastic, and it's everything we expected her, you know, and why everybody hates her, and, you know, the kind of person she is, and a real asshole, and it's really great, and his pals were like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, you must, they, they have it right here, you must be, it's in the post, you must be fucking nuts for dating her. But it's one of those situations where she's doing something so hot and so special sexually he can't help himself because look what he gave up for her. It's like when you see the crown and you see that guy that abdicated the throne for that woman that is not that hot. And again, it's like my uncle C. Well, my uncle C was a virgin, so who the hell knows what was happening there. But this, I don't think Prince Harry was a virgin and he can have anyone he wants. I mean, really, genuinely, anyone he wants, he gave it up. So she had to be doing something. She must be spectacular in bed. Because it's the only answer why somebody gets so obsessed with somebody that you would really abdicate your throne. I mean, that's what he's doing. He was going to be the king of England. And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I, I'm just going to hang around with this girl. And they would, they just have so much stuff to say that I'm buying. I know it could be just hearsay, but it makes an awful lot of sense. The queen had had enough of her. She, she you know, I, I, Can't you picture Meghan Markle being like, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Liz. He's talking to the queen. I'm going to marry Harry, and you're not going to have a say in it. Don't you want it to be like that? Oh, they got to make a TV movie about that and just show that side and not have her anything to do with it. It's fantastic. Just make her out to be a bitch. They said, we really need you to make up with your dad or at least talk to him before the wedding. We'd appreciate that. She's like, no. And the dad's even like, yeah, I thought she was going to call. I didn't want to. I would have called her, but I didn't want to interrupt. I didn't want to take away. It's like, no, not doing that. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. This book uh, sounds really fun. You can look it up. And finally... Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, this is fantastic. (laughs) How does he do it? You know, I don't see how you can sit there reading that and not even offer me any. I gave you a taste. What do you want? Why can't we share? I told you not to say anything. You can't go in there, brazenly flout the rules, and then think I'm going to share with you. Do you hear yourself? I'm sorry. This is what comes from living under a Nazi regime. I don't know if you remember, but about two weeks ago, I said I went to the dentist. After the dentist, 
what do I do? I have soup. You know, the only time. So I have soup. Four times a year I get soup because I don't want to eat anything while my teeth are clean, right? That's my theory. Like, I don't want to chew on anything, so I'll just have soup. Been doing it for years. So four times a year, or is it three times a year? Every four months, I get soup. I get it from Hale and Hardy. Hale and Hardy is a delicious, like, like the soup Nazi soup. It's really good. I told you I had the tom- cream of tomato and chicken orso or something, or just orso with rice. It was just chicken tomato rice. They have beautiful tomato cheddar and, you know, lots of other really good soups. You can get a big thing of it. It really hits the spot. It's a great store. And they just closed all of them down. It says it's a temporary shutdown, but they're pretty sure. Even though the notice below leaves open the chance of a return, longstanding New York favorite Helen Hardy may face a tough road back amid unpaid invoices and a COVID-caused drop-off in foot traffic, leaving a void for those who enjoy a nice hot cup of soup. There was only one in my neighborhood, and it closes at like 6.30, but at least I knew it was there, and every once in a while I would order soups, and now there's no place to get a good, there's no place to get a quality soup like, like that. I mean, can you get soup from a diner? Can you get matzo ball soup? Can you get chicken noodle soup? Yeah, you can always get that. But these kind of specialty soups in the summer, you don't want to say somebody should open a place, but there should be a soup place. I, I don't understand how they go out of business. I understand about COVID because everybody was going at lunch. You know, they, they don't stay open late. They're a lunchtime crowd and the foot traffic is gone and they're a casualty of COVID. I don't know. Somebody's going to design something where, hey, we, we just make deliveries or something. I don't know. Because soup is easy to deliver because you can always reheat it. But it was delicious, and now it's gone. The only time I had soup, three times a year. Well, I guess that's why it's gone. I only have it three times a year. But only because most of the soup that I got was pretty fattening. So I felt bad always having it. But boy, was it good. It was just like in Seinfeld where it's like, this soup is delicious. Remember he was eating that bisque or something, and Jerry's eating that soup. He's like, oh, my God. And Newman had the jambalaya. He's like, you got to have this soup. It's fantastic. It was that good. It was really that good. No soup for you. That's the headline in the post. And thus ends the soup experiment, the big soup experiment of Dave Joskow in Joskow, the city. Well, folks, I've had a lovely time talking to you today about nothing. This show is the Seinfeld of podcasts about nothing and about everything, about Mexican pizza, about magicians that rape, (laughs) about Billy Joel, he needs to retire about drinking and restroom breaks and all those kind of things the reason you listen to a podcast like just guy in the city just guy in the city will return next week in our regular scheduled time which is the same time every week there's no difference no change but i don't know what's happening next week i don't have any plans i mean i guess i've stopped doing comedy i guess that's over <laughs> great don't forget to join us on the tuesday show the comedy cell nightly that will always continue so I have some connection with the Comedy Cellar while I'm drying out. Uh, don't forget to watch always on uh, Marina's Franklin's lovely podcast on Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m. Otherwise, I'll be at the beach on Thursday, maybe soaking up some sun. I might even take off my top. <laughs> I don't know. And then Friday, we'll be back, as always, with another episode. I mean, that's what I tape. But mostly, Tuesdays, <laughs> we'll be back with another exciting episode of Dave Juskow in... Just go in the city. Good night, everybody.